You're listening to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast, featuring conversations on the business of transforming healthcare. Welcome to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. I'm Sam Glick, partner in the Health and Life Sciences practice here at Oliver Wyman. In this episode, we're going to go back in time a bit to the 2015 Oliver Wyman Health Innovation Summit and listen to the remarks of Scott McDonald, my colleague and CEO of Oliver Wyman Group. At the summit, Scott talked about trust and how organizations lose the trust of consumers when they lose focus on consumer needs. He provides examples from his own experience in financial services where consumer trust dropped off a cliff and organizations are still working to win it back. He calls on those healthcare organizations at the summit that are driving market transformation to put customers at the center of their efforts. And he urges health players to make customer needs a sincere focus rather than a series of initiatives that just make it easier to operate or improve their profitability. Here's Scott at the Oliver Wyman Health Innovation Summit in 2015. I want to say a few words about trust. You know, you're all thinking about ways to improve healthcare. And, and from what I can see are making some progress. But in order to take some of the next steps around um, focus on consumers and really understanding consumers, I think there's much to learn from outside this industry. I started my career around 1990 in banking and I've spent 25 years working in and around uh, the financial services sector. But already by 1990, the reputation of financial services was somewhat tarnished. So for my example, let me go back even further to the 1970s. Um, And if you think about the time then, so 1970s, this was before, obviously, the 1980s, before Solomon Brothers, before Liars Poker. Um, And at that time, bankers were pretty boring. Um, They were pretty dull. They were not that dissimilar to accountants, um, if you can remember them. They they wore gray suits, they they provided loans, they provided savings products, and they provided uh, some pretty safe investment products. The good news is they they were really trusted as members of communities and as productive members of society. And between 1970 and now, that trust has completely vaporized. Um, And here are a few statistics from some recent work we did, just to give you a feel, although I'm sure you know this already. You know, when asked about the quality of the deal that customers thought they were getting from financial services, uh, 9% said it was a very poor deal, 46% said it was a poor deal, 29% said it was just a fair deal, and 16% said it was a good deal. So so it's not, not very good feedback. We also asked people who they trusted to manage their retirement savings. 8% said no one. 55% said only themselves, and and a whopping 18% said banks. And you can find similar results in any survey you look at. I I don't think the lack of trust is is in question. The the reasons for that loss of trust are many, but but let me highlight a few. You know, over the period I described, so from 1970 until now, you know, banks focused almost exclusively on profitability rather than customer needs and and customer experience. And in fact, they often focused on super profitability at the expense of their customers. And this is ultimately and probably irreparably uh, led to the damage of the reputation in the financial services industry. 
Banks did have multiple initiatives focused on customers, and, and many considered their firms to be customer-focused, and they bragged about how customer-focused they were. But if you lifted up the hood and looked at what they were actually doing, most of those customer initiatives were focused on cross-sell, how to sell more products to the customers. They were focused on looking at price elasticity, so how to understand how to price better for the customers. Uh, and, and, and very often they were looked at looking at customer segmentation, so how to divide customers into different groups and generally serve only the more profitable ones. None of these are crazy ideas if, if you run a business. Um, many of them are good ideas, but they were all put in this customer initiative category. Um, and they were all focused on improving the profitability of the industry or the ease of operation of the industry rather than focused on customer needs. And the final point I'll highlight from financial services is pay. And I, I think the short point here is that, that bankers and, and financial services more generally, they paid themselves far too much for a very long period. And I, I don't want you to get me wrong here. I'm a pretty dyed-in-the-wool capitalist, and, and I have nothing uh, against high pay. Um, but I think the high pay has to come uh, when there's a lot of value creation for both the industry and for the customers of the industry, rather than at the expense of the customers of the industry. There are many more examples, but I think I've made my point. And over the period I described, the relationship of customers with financial services and with banks moved from trust to distrust and, and even hatred now in many parts of the financial services industry. So with that background, let me shift to, to healthcare. Because um, this is an industry that's also used to having a, a strong bond of trust with, it, with its customers for, for multiple reasons but it's eroding, and, and it's eroding pretty quickly from what I can see. So if I try and go back to the same era, if I look in 1966, um, three quarters of Americans had great confidence in the medical profession. Um, in 2014, they did the same survey and asked the same uh, question, and it was one third of Americans had the same view. And things haven't been getting much better recently. Um, over the past couple of years, you'll have all seen the New York Times articles called Paying Till It Hurts, which examined the high costs of medical care. Um, people's experience, as you know, is often that they don't know what they're being billed for, they don't understand it, and they don't trust hospitals, and they don't trust uh, the insurance companies. You know, similar to banking, there are many causes for, for the breakdown of trust in the industry. And, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll know and, and feel these, but I'll, but I'll go through a couple. With the rise of the HMOs in the 1990s, uh, some patients were certainly convinced that health, health plans cared far more about costs than helping consumers. Most Americans don't understand the true cost of health care, and historically, at least, health insurers haven't done a good job uh, at educating them, so, so customers only see premiums rising every year and they don't understand why and they blame the health plans. The increasing availability of, of medical advice on the internet is eroding the trust of doctors. The, the changing dynamics in, and of payment and billing management has altered the doctor and patient relationship. Doctors now have less time to see each patient, which again results in a negative perception to consumers. And the public isn't seeing physician groups take a stand on issues 
or they're seeing multiple different stands from different specialties and no one unified approach. There are many more causes, um, and I'm sure you understand the industry far better than me, but from what I can see, the trust is eroding pretty quickly. Um, and this, is, this bodes very, very badly for both the industry, but, but also for its customers. I think though many of you have focused on the industry well before the bankers did. The, the bankers were slow and I think they focused on it too late. And I think the situation is, is by no means irreparable in healthcare. You know, while the overall system is not well trusted, nurses, pharmacists, people's personal doctors are all still trusted and, and that's something to work with. So my point today, the, this morning, is to say that as you go about your work restructuring the industry, you, you need to put customers at the center of that effort. And it has to be a real focus on, on customer needs rather than a series of customer initiatives that actually just benefit the industry or make it easier to operate or improve the profitability. Some uh, years ago, I had the privilege of, of visiting General Joe Robles down in Texas. And at the time, Joe was the CEO of USAA. I'm sure most of you know it's a financial services company that focuses on, on uh, military and ex-military uh, personnel primarily. And over the years, I've met with hundreds of financial services CEOs, and, and I've discussed many things with them, but this was a pretty different uh, meeting, I thought. For a start, Joe told me he didn't have clients or customers, he only had members. Um, and he talked about how he, he was going to build his relationship with his members rather than doing transactions. Um, he also obsessed about how every action he took would improve his members' well-being rather than his bottom line. Um, and this wasn't only patter from him. This, this, this uh, was part of his behavior. It's how he ran the business. And I remember in particular talking about what he was trying to do with USAA in the digital space. Um, and, and him saying to me, you know, of course they would bring on all sorts of digital solutions for their clients, but they needed to balance this with human solutions because at the end of the day, his members, or, or at least most of them, uh, were after all humans with, with natural humans' needs and, and desires. And his passion and the, the way he ran that business was reflected by his members' loyalty. And that there was one point um, where, where there was a survey done and USAA was the third most trusted company in the country. This was a pretty inspirational meeting for me. Um, and recently Joe has joined the, the Oliver Wyman Senior Advisory Board, so we'll continue to learn from him because I think he made some profound changes to, to that one institution within a sector that, that was growing wrong. Um, I think healthcare can learn a lot from financial services and learn a lot from Joe's approach, but it requires a pretty different mindset. You know, so some examples would be, you know, the industry can really focus on outcomes versus costs as the primary driver of health decisions. You can invest a lot more than you do in transparency and help individuals understand costs and avoid unexpected charges. Insurance companies could take the first time someone goes out of the network, for instance, and use it as a teachable moment rather than uh, present the person with a huge bill. And then there are many other things. Yesterday you heard from Mark Gantz from Cambria Health Solutions. And, and 10 years ago, Cambria was just a health insurer. 
Then they decided to establish the Cambria cause and created a, a new mission to be a catalyst for transforming healthcare through focusing on the customer. I, th I think that was a great example of what I'm talking about. You also heard from Sean Levitt, uh, who's creating a new ecosystem for employees managing their health by giving his employees a trusted advisor. This summit brings together leaders from across the health industry and it is designed to, to, to foster collaboration, networking, and, and catalyze partnerships. I think if you choose, and only if you choose, you can use the opportunity towards far more customer understanding um, or understanding of members, if you want to call it that, and addressing true health needs. This should build on the trust you already have uh, and help you to avoid the dangers that I've talked about in the financial services industry. You really don't get many opportunities to maintain trust. That was Scott McDonald, CEO of Oliver Wyman Group at the 2015 Oliver Wyman Health Innovation Summit. I hope you enjoyed his remarks as much as I did. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. Oliver Wyman Health is a virtual community of innovators convened by the health and life sciences practice of global management consulting firm, Oliver Wyman. Find us online at health.oliverwyman.com and follow us on Twitter at OWHealthEditor.